Welcome to this podcast from St. Mary's The University Church. While public worship will not be offered in church for the foreseeable future, we hope that these podcasts will provide you with some spiritual resources over the coming days. Today is Monday, Thursday, and the beginning of the three most solemn and holy days in the Christian year. After the austerity of Lent, traditionally, Monday, Thursday is a feast as we celebrate the Eucharist of the Last Supper. The vestments are festal. We sing the Gloria for the first time since Lent began. We are astonished yet again to see our Lord and Master wash the feet of his own disciples. It is a celebration of humanity and physicality before turning to the darkness of betrayal and abandonment. This Monday Thursday, we cannot meet to break the bread and share the cup or to wash each other's feet. But this does not stop us in these dark times from acts of kindness and of restraint in faithfulness to Christ's new commandment. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you have taught us that what we do for the least of our sisters and brothers, we do also for you. Give us the will to be the servants of others, as you were the servant of all, and gave up your life and died for us, but are alive and reign now and forever. Amen.
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Now before the festival of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Thanks be to God. Jesus said, I thirst. These words come from John's Gospel, and they're words uttered by Jesus from the cross. John tells us that these words were said to fulfill the scripture, Psalm 22. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. 
my heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. These words may seem like an odd place to start a reflection for Maundy Thursday, when we remember that moment when Jesus gathers with his disciples for the Last Supper, when he invites his disciples to remember him by sharing bread and drinking wine. This is my body. This is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And yet this evening, we cannot do this. We cannot gather to celebrate the Eucharist. And we are hungry. We are thirsty. The important thing to remember is that when we gather to celebrate the Eucharist, every time we celebrate the Eucharist, we are not simply commemorating an event in the dim and distant past. We are being drawn anew into the mystery of Easter. We become part of that eternal drama of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is true because we gather to break bread, to drink the cup, to receive the body and blood of Christ. But this year, because we cannot gather to celebrate the Eucharist, we are perhaps drawn into the Easter mystery in a different way as we reflect on these words of Jesus. I thirst. Jesus is thirsty. And the Gospel tells us that those attending him gave him some sour wine on a sponge on the end of a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. Like so much in John's Gospel, there is powerful symbolism here. For hyssop, far from being a large tree with branches, was in fact a bitter herb, most impractical for the purpose John suggests for it. But the stalks of this bitter herb were used in the Jerusalem temple for sprinkling blood and water in the solemn sacrificial rituals of purification and atonement. So John is here making a powerful connection between the death of Christ and the temple ritual of sacrifice. In those two little words, I thirst, with all the imagery and symbolism of the worship in the temple, which would have been so familiar to his original hearers, John speaks of sacrifice, of redemption, and of the redemptive power of sacrificial love. It's no accident that we find at the heart of John's description of the Last Supper, yes, there's the story of the foot washing, but Jesus goes on to speak of the glory of God, which is revealed in the redemptive power of love. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Eucharist this divinely ordained sacrament speaks of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Easter mystery. But it also bears witness to the redemptive power of love. 
In the Gospels, there are words which we often miss when we remember the institution of the Lord's Supper. According to Matthew's Gospel, when Jesus has shared the cup with his disciples, he says, I tell you, I will never again drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Some biblical scholars point to the seeming contradiction of these words from Matthew's Gospel and the situation described in John. But I think it's fruitful to contemplate the tension between these two accounts. When Jesus says that he is thirsty, perhaps there is some resonance with these words in Matthew. Jesus thirsts not only for righteousness and justice, he thirsts and longs for the kingdom. And that should remind us that when we celebrate the Eucharist together, we receive a foretaste of the kingdom of God. Again and again, Jesus describes the kingdom as a great banquet, a feast, a celebration, where the poor, the hungry and the oppressed occupy the seats of honour, where everybody is welcome and where everybody is fed. The kingdom is a place where in spite of the injustice and inequality which we encounter through our lives, in the kingdom, all bread is shared. And our willingness to share with one another, with all the cost and vulnerability that demands of us, is one of the signs of the kingdom of God. And yet we find ourselves in the midst of a crisis, a time of testing, a time of challenge. We yearn for answers, for reassurance, particularly for those who are sick or in hospital. The other day I was reading a reflection by Mark Goldring, the former head of Oxfam, and I was challenged by these words. He said this, We might never have seen anything like this. I've certainly never lived through anything quite like it. But others have. Those people hit by famine, earthquakes and tsunamis, those in Syria bombed and besieged by their own government, refugees threatened at home and on the road, people across the world enduring conflict, or those living in the Congo under endless civil wars, communities surrounded by Ebola. These people have faced all our challenges and more, often with less support and fewer resources. When we hear those words of Jesus, I thirst. We are reminded that there are many who are hungry and thirsty and that we forget too easily the scandal of sharing bread in an unsharing world. We are only beginning to understand again the precariousness of our existence, the fragility of our lives and our dependence upon each other. It's worth contemplating the fact that when Jesus and his disciples gathered for this last meal on the night he was betrayed, it was most probably a Passover meal. And this Jewish festival commemorates the story of the Exodus, Israel's freedom from bondage and slavery in Egypt. It's a story which has been rehearsed and retold in homes and villages, in streets and cities across the centuries, in times of plenty and in times of hardship. It's a story which has been told in the face of persecution, amidst untold suffering. 
and yet in telling that story, in sharing that meal, its subversive memory offers again and again the promise and the assurance of hope. Jesus said, I thirst. As we observe Maundy Thursday this year, we too are thirsty. We cannot share in the sacraments. Some of us will face illness and struggle without the comfort and consolation of the sacraments. But as we reflect on everything that has happened in recent days and weeks, let us pray that we may heed those words of Jesus. Love one another. That we may care for one another and support one another in our need. Perhaps the longing, the thirst that we experience this evening may be not just for ourselves and for our own needs. Pray that when the day comes and we can rejoice in receiving the sacraments again, when we can celebrate the Eucharist together at St Mary's, pray that our hearts may still respond to those words, I thirst, challenging us to long for and thirst for God's justice and God's kingdom.
in the power of the Spirit, let us pray to the Father through Christ, the Saviour of the world. Today, Lord, we remember that the new covenant, the renewal and transformation of your power to save that have been expressed in the Passover and the anticipation of the coming of your kingdom was made as you face the prospect of death and betrayal. Help us, even though we cannot meet to commemorate it, to trust in its enduring power. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Wash us and make us altogether clean from all the sins that separate us from you. Help us humbly to minister to each other as you ministered to your disciples. And through your body broken in the Eucharist, restore our brokenness in body, mind or spirit and unite us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Today we recall your new commandment to love one another. Help us, especially now, to find new ways to love our neighbours, friends and families, and new ways to express love, and so make manifest our experience of your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Today, especially, we pray for people across the world on the verge of death, asking you to comfort them and those they love with the knowledge that they are precious in your sight. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. When the disciples had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus prayed to the Father, If it is possible, take this cup of suffering from me. He said to his disciples, How is it that you were not able to keep watch with me for one hour? The hour has come for the Son of Man to be handed over to the power of sinners. Christ was obedient unto death. Go in his peace. <laughs> 